0: Digital Jaguars. Jaguars, digital
1: Jaguars, drive time. Brian Sextepster.
0: John Jaguars drive time starts right now.
2: Welcome into Jaguars Drive Time, live from the team hotel in Baltimore on game day morning. Kickoff is at seven thirty tonight against the Baltimore Ravens. It's been a long time coming, guys. We've been here now four days. It's been a long week, but finally game day.
3: Football, you ready? Let's go. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I w- wake, wake up. I was going to hit right. you, but yeah, I'm ready. I'm going to lean back next day. time. <laughs> right. Here we go.
2: So how do we think the week went, guys?
3: I think it went well. They got what they wanted to out of it. Um, I certainly thought that the offense overall, again, as it had throughout training camp, showed that it's going to be better. I don't think it's going to be you know setting NFL records better. But I, I like what I saw from Nick Foles. I like what I saw from the receivers. I'm optimistic about that. I don't think the defense was great, but I don't have any doubt that the defense will be fine once the regular season starts.
0: Uh, I think when folks see who's playing and how much they're playing tonight, they will have an idea of how productive the week was because Doug Marone told Leon Searcy, who's going to join us in a couple of minutes, uh, and me yesterday, and you, uh, at the production meeting for the television broadcast, that... The week as a whole, the repetitions against the Ravens on Monday and Tuesday, they're the same as the reps that they get in a game, Mm -hmm. right? They were looking at the workload of these guys from Monday through Thursday and putting it all together. So it's not practice-practice game as much as it's Monday to Thursday. um, And Doug hasn't made all of that public, but I'll say you'll see just how much they thought of the work they got done they thought a lot of it.
2: Mm-hmm. The reps all meaning the same. Game reps all practice. meaning the same.
0: Right. For this and first it was clear the game. other
3: day, Brian, in practice at the end, they went with a live hitting session to the ground, which is very unusual right. in any sort of training camp practice. Uh, guess what? There were no starters None. in that. None. So I think the idea right now is let's get these guys through it. So that might have been an indication of a lot of guys who may not play. We'll see. Mm-hmm.
2: Let's get right into big things then. Big thing. One is not your father's preseason football. We're going right at it. Yeah. (laughs) The field of this week's first preseason game is going to feel a little different than most. We're not for sure, but probably a lot of starters won't be playing. You're going to get a lot of reps for the second team, like we said. And what you just mentioned, Brian, is that these reps that they got Monday and Tuesday mean almost the same thing for a preseason game on Thursday. Big thing, too, is you think you know. So we've been the past few weeks thinking what we think of the depth chart, the first team, the second team. But a prime example of something that we thought we knew that we didn't is Will Richardson Jr. What Doug Marone said about him yesterday, we're going to get to that in a little bit. And Big Thing 3 is top priorities tonight. And from what we've heard, we think it's the health, especially the health of the first string guys. Doug Marone hasn't made it public yet, but you're not going to see a lot of the guys that we thought we would see.
0: So let's go back to Big Thing 1, and that is this is not your father's preseason. And when Leon gets on, I mean – He doesn't think it's just your father's game day or uh, uh, training camp anymore, because it isn't the same as what he went through. Same thing here with with the preseason games. John, I remember 2011, we went to New England Mm -hmm. and my first memory of nobody plays at all in the fourth preseason game is there Mm -hmm. because that was when Bill Belichick sent the card through the officials and every starter was sitting down. Now. The fourth preseason game for years was about getting guys out early, getting them a couple of reps, everyone good, let's get out. That was the first memory I have of nobody playing in a preseason game. And we're starting to see around the league now, as these teams do joint practices for two days before the preseason game, lots of guys not playing in the first preseason game. So the fourth and the first preseason game are essentially the same now. It's ease right. them in and then ease them out of the preseason as opposed to let's jump in and get going. Yeah, I can remember uh, that happening. When I was covering the
3: Colts, I can remember that happening a little earlier than that in the fourth preseason game, and I remember sort of being a shock of, oh, this is this is different. Yeah, you know, I was covering the Colts, so you thought, well, maybe they are, are feeling a little more confident since they had had the offense going for a while. It soon turned into a league-wide trend where it's just a given that no starters play in, in week four. And it has been, in the last couple of years, it's been notable that it's gone to the first. Uh, It's gotten to the point, really, where the only one that's the same is the third preseason game. That is still the one that they try to use as a dress rehearsal. And uh, Doug's talked about it. He talked about it at the end of OTAs. There is a real nervous feeling coaches have whenever those guys are doing anything close to live because you just don't want to get them hurt. They don't have the depth. No team has the depth to withstand two or three guys being out for the season. They are trying to protect these guys.
0: I, I'm not sure what the future for the preseason holds. Last year, the Rams didn't play a single starter in a single preseason mm-hmm. game. Now, they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now, if that doesn't send They're message, doing something right. I don't know what does. And with the CBA coming up, and the owners are pushing for 18 games, and there's certain things that the players want that they might be willing to get in return for the 18-game schedule, I mean, that's it's still a ways into the future, but... Um, what the preseason was when John and I and Leon were kids was six preseason games, <laughs> right? That's I mean, crazy to think. And, six. and guys played all the time. But they all were also the
3: trying to get in shape. It was a different thing. They didn't have the OTAs. And I think where we might be headed, and I just started rethinking this this week a little bit, when I saw these guys go into the ground on uh, Tuesday. And that's really unusual these days yes, to have it is. live tackling. And I thought, you know what they're going to start doing? It's going to be... It, they don't have enough – without four preseason games, you have trouble evaluating the bottom of the roster. But if they start doing that in live periods and joint practices, all of a sudden I think you might see more periods like that where there's live between guys Because it's more are, controlled than a game. Yeah, and almost they may have to go to a scrimmage-type situation. Yeah. That wasn't a scrimmage we saw yesterday. It was just situational. But you might see them have one basically scrimmage where the starters are obviously not playing. But where you get a guy like Jawan Taylor two or three series to see what he can do, that may be the future because they have to have something to simulate a preseason game for the evaluation, but it it may be a case where you're not making people pay to go watch it.
0: Remember, it's about the money, Mm -hmm. and the owners keep the gate. They don't split it with the players in the preseason. So if they come to some uh, arrangement where more money shifts from a percentage-wise to players, then they can do away with the preseason games. But Mm -hmm. the owners are going to want to make sure they take care of their bottom line. I I start charging for the scrimmages. (laughs)
2: <laughs> but above all else, money aside, it definitely seems like the top priority preseason-wise in hel- is health, because you look at every team across the league, basically every team has faced a Marquise Lee situation.
0: Wait, Look, uh, choose a team, and I'll tell you the player they can least afford to lose, mm-hmm. right? So if you are the Los Angeles Rams, and you lose Aaron Donald, are you anywhere close to the same team? Not at all, right? You can't afford to be in that situation. So the goal... It's not just about, and again, when Leon gets over here, we can talk about managing your body through the course of a training camp, but it's not just about getting to the to the regular season healthy. It's about being ready to play mm-hmm. because they have the, the exosystem that monitors every snap. I was sitting over by the football uh, technology guys uh, during one of the training camp practices. They're monitoring who's playing on every snap, and they know how far they ran and how much energy they exerted. The science behind this to get guys not just... Healthy enough to play, but at a peak performance level for the start of the regular season, uh, the investment in that has been epic.
3: Mm-hmm. And to not wear them out, you know, you had Fournette last year have his hamstring uh, go in the first game. Uh, there's still a lot of trying to figure out how to prevent that sort exactly. of thing. It's, and uh, the bottom line on a lot of this is it's not completely preventable because it's still the human body. So you're talking about percentages. You're talking about trying to raise the chances of guys not getting hurt. Bottom line, you can do all this. And a guy can still blow out an ACL and Absolutely. non-contact anytime. Right. So uh, I get a lot of uh, feedback from fans of, why are they doing this? Guys are still hurt. You do the best you can, and you, you try to maximize your ability to be as healthy as possible. Because in the end, at the end of the season, it, it's all about attrition. So if you can if you can save one or two guys, that's their approach now.
0: When Dante Fowler Jr. blew his knee out, there was no contact right. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. When Tony Baselli did in the ending of the 99 season against the Bengals. He was just kind of trotting down the field. No contact whatsoever. Right. That element, you can't do anything can about it. You can only prevent it so much. You can't, you can't know. Yeah. You could tear yours walking off the, the street corner today.
2: I hope not. That'd be a bad day,
0: yeah, especially on game one. day. Sure.
2: All right. When we come back, he Which will. He won't. He might on game day morning, live here in Baltimore on the Jaguars Digital Network.
1: For 25 years, we've been cheering on our Jaguars with an unwavering loyalty and commitment. To celebrate this milestone season, swing by Gate and cheers to 25 years with the Jaguars' 25th anniversary collectible cup. Only at Gate. Grab your 32-ounce cup today and fill it up with your favorite fountain drink for just $1.25. Then refill anytime for $0.99. While supplies last, Gate, serving up more. At Vistar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal
2: service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch. An online or phone chat for those quick questions. And a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join Vistar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. of you fans back in jacksonville don't forget to head out to dick swings the official away game headquarters of the jaguars hang out with jackson deville and members of the roar at the dick swings argyle forest location tonight before during and after the game welcome back to jags drive time live in baltimore game day morning and that brings us into he will he won't he might a game day edition and brian we talked about it a little bit big thing to. The thoughts Doug Marone had on Will Richardson Jr. were really interesting, and he is your he three.
0: Well, he's gonna surprise some people tonight uh, because he's gonna start because there's going to be a lot of starters who are not playing. He's gonna surprise people because what Doug Marone told us was he's in the mix for a starting job. Now, that blows some people's mind because they recall last year he was a bust, right? That goes to show you how fickle fans can be, how people can be with a player. He injured his knee, he went on IR, didn't see him all year. Um, But we've talked about him and how he had improved and was playing inside. Doug told us yesterday he had really performed well inside Mm -hmm. and was in the conversation for a starting job. Well, caught us by surprise, so it will catch people by surprise. Um, He won't disappoint. He is a big-bodied guy. He's got long arms. He's got power. When they drafted him, they said he might be a guard, and he looks the part of one of those power guards. When you play the kind of offensive scheme – that the Jaguars do, which can be run heavy at times with a big power back like Burnett. A guy like Will Richardson goes a long way, so he won't disappoint. He might be a starter. He might take A.J. can's job. Uh, <laughs> they brought A.J. Cann back. Remember, they let him walk. Mm-hmm. Didn't get a lot of free agency action. They brought him back. Paid they him. put him on a three-year deal. They value him. But I think Will Richardson is a prime candidate with the size that he's got. Right next to Juwan Taylor. This is a right-handed team now with with Leonard Fournette. They want to run right. Will Richardson might give them a better option at right guard, and he might be the starting guard on opening day.
2: Crazy to think about because he is one of the guys you think of last year completely unnoticed, and a lot of that's due to injury, but after the draft, you really didn't hear much about Mm -hmm. him at
0: all. Fourth-round pick who people said if he hadn't had the the off-the-field issues at North Carolina State might have been a day-two pick, a second- or a third-round pick.
3: They need that to be true. So, uh, I went with Gardner Minshew. Um, He will uh, get a lot of snaps tonight. And um, I don't know if he's going to start. Hint, hint, hint. But uh, (laughs) he's going to get a huge look. He has been the guy. They clearly want him to be the backup. He got all the rest with the twos this week. Um, He won't be perfect because he hasn't been perfect so far. And he won't be conventional because he's not a conventional guy. He's He's an odd player to watch. Uh, He's an exciting player to watch. I wonder about his arm strength. I don't wonder about his savvy. I don't wonder about his enthusiasm for it. But it's going to be a question to me, does he have that NFL arm? And I don't think you prove that until you're out there with starters or with guys who are going full speed. Uh, He's had some interceptions Mm -hmm. during training camp that are a little concerning, but he's also had some very good things. So he's been a rookie so far um he might be the most important story going on during the preseason because of the importance of the backup quarterback position if they don't go with him i'm not sure that they have a great option to go to right now so he needs to show that he can make these throws uh, if there are certain throws he can't make because of his arm he at least needs to show the coaches what they can do with him what throws he can't make how you scheme around him because he's a snap away and that uh, For a sixth-round pick, rookie, that's a frightening thought. But uh, he might be the most important story in in camp that we haven't talked a lot about because it's so obvious that he's such an important story. Mm
2: -hmm. But it's also not locked down that he's the second guy behind Foles because before Monday you saw Magoo, you saw Tanner Lee. It wasn't always him second team.
3: Yeah, but they went with him big time this week, Mm -hmm. which to me shows that this is who they want. They're going big time with him tonight. Yeah, He can play his way out of it. Yeah. And that's what he has to play his way into it because okay. it's it's obviously not a done deal, but this is what they want to see. Can this work? Yep.
2: All right, my he three is Tyree Brady, wide receiver. You will see him play tonight due to the belief that a lot of the wide receivers, the ones, will not be playing. You won't think that the stage is too big for him, and I say that because Gardner Minshew called him out yesterday and said we asked him who's a receiver that you really look to, who's impressed you. I wasn't expecting Tyree Brady, the name, to come out of his mouth, but he said that he's made plays throughout training camp. We've talked about it back and forth throughout the few weeks. But this week especially, Gardner Minshew mentioned him making plays here in Baltimore. And he might have a solid shot to make this team. And I say that because there's no guarantee that Keelan Cole makes this team. Terrell Pryor Sr., he's a big body. We've seen him you know, being able to block. But there's no guarantee that that spot isn't up for grabs, that last wide receiver spot. And I think he has a solid shot to make it, especially if he performs well tonight.
0: He does have to perform well. I, I go back to something Doug said, though. Doug judges guys on have they done it for him, mm-hmm. right? So, Keelan Cole has done it for him. We haven't seen anything from him in camp, Nothing. Nothing. So, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But at the end of 2017, Cole had become a go-to guy. Mm-hmm. And I think Tyree Brady's going to have to beat out Terrell Pryor. Yeah. That's who his competition is tonight.
3: Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think Cole makes the team uh, because I have seen a little bit in him. He has not been on the par of, th- of the top three, but he is a guy who, as you say, He has done it for Doug. Doug trusts that. Uh, Keenan likes him, uh, and he's a guy that they all know. So I I think they lean toward that, but I'm with you guys. I don't think it's a done deal. No.
2: But you go to Terrell Pryor, he's got something in the wide receiver group that none of them have, that huge body. They Mm -hmm. already have the small, fast guy in Westbrook that Tyree Brady is. So the odds are definitely stacked against Tyree Brady.
0: Well, Pryor's playing. I mean, he's going to be on the field a lot tonight, so he, the, the opportunity is there. The battle between Brady and Pryor is going to be front and center tonight. Mm-hmm.
2: Definitely one to look for. All right, John, happy game day to you. You're done. Yeah, you're out. Leon's Not. taking your seat. Sorry. All right, here we go. Hate to bring that up.
3: Robo tackle, over senior yeah. right, I guess. Sorry.
2: Yeah. Comes president. I love her. It's also Leon's TV broadcast premiere tonight, yep. so we got to give him some love. When we come back, he'll be on Jags Drive Time talking offensive line and tonight's broadcast on the Jaguars Digital Network.
1: For 25 years, we've been cheering on our Jaguars with an unwavering loyalty and commitment. To celebrate this milestone season, swing by Gate and cheers to 25 years with the Jaguars' 25th Anniversary Collectible Cup. Only at Gate. Grab your 32-ounce cup today and fill it up with your favorite fountain drink for just $1.25. Then refill anytime for $0.99. While supplies last, Gate, serving up more.
2: Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders homes model and register to win the Take It To The House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders homes, homes built to fit your
1: lifestyle.
2: We're back. Jags Drive time Thursday morning. Game day live here in Baltimore from the Team Hotel. Kickoff is at 730 tonight. And these two guys are going to be in the booth during the preseason. Play by play, analysts. Leon, how are we feeling? A little nervous, I'm, excited? Uh, I, no, I'm
4: excited. This is game day. Yeah. It's been a while since I had game day. And then my man Brian Sexton here, been 20 years. We got nothing to be nervous about at all. all <laughs> in the games. Now I'm in the booth. Yeah. It I'm, look forward so. to I'm it. looking forward it's to gonna it. It's going to be a lot too. of fun. Absolutely.
0: Here's, here's the interesting part. And that is is that as Leon has gotten back to Jacksonville and we've got a chance to spend more time around him, it's clear how much passion he has for the game. You can find all kinds of people who can talk about the game. But, Leon, mm. this game has been your whole life.
4: Yeah, You've played it. You've coached it. Now yep. you're talking about it. Mm-hmm. You love it. I love it. I, I do. I really do love the game of football. I love everything, every aspect about it. I love the toughness of it. I love the competition. I love to get after it. Um, I love the touchdowns, I love the celebrations, I love the offensive line play, I mean, I'm just passionate about football, and uh, like I said, it's been a very long time, I've been dormant for a while, so it's been a long time since <laughs> yeah. I've been in a game day situation, Stoke so the fires. Uh, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to get it going. So we were talking uh, a
0: couple of minutes ago with John about just how different the first preseason game is in 2019 than in 1995, or yeah. 1998. These guys, if they haven't read between the lines, we don't expect to see much of the starting group, if at all, tonight. That's different than when you – Yeah,
4: it's it's different, especially when I was here in Jacksonville. I want to – our offensive line coach, God rest his soul, Mike Mays, who passed away two weeks ago. He used to come into the locker room he used to give us a count. So if we had the first preseason game, he would say, okay, seriously, you got 10. So I knew exactly what that was. That means you got 10 plays. No matter what it is, you have 10 plays, then you're out of there. They put another guy – or he'll go to Baselli. You got five, but so you always got less plays. <laughs> so he So, every guy had different counts, you know what I'm saying? So, that's how it worked out. In the second preseason game, we automatically knew we were going to play a, a quarter and a half. So, he didn't have to come and give us a count. So, it was a quarter and a half, then you're out of there. Third preseason se- game, we played a whole half. In the fourth preseason game, we were out. But nowadays, I mean, I, I've never seen the situation where the starters just don't play at all. Right. I mean this is what it's 20 years later yeah. and I know it, you know I know the, the coaches are concerned about guys being injured and stuff like that but I just feel that you got to bang to get your body ready for the pressure of you know the push and pull of football and, and you know I'm just old school I you know I, I you know that I I, I learned that from I learned that in college Right. that went to the pro translated to the pros I just feel like you have to get your body prepared for football and the only way you can do that is that you got to be physical with one another and teach your body how to push and strain and in, in, in the in the pressure point situations so um i understand the coach's concern because you like you were talking about earlier a los Angeles rams can't lose a Donald. Mm-hmm. i mean it's not the same team you know um uh so but i don't know i'm i i just i just wish that because I, I got hurt on a non-contact injury. So, I mean, it could have happened to anybody. Talk about mean, your, your quadriceps? Yeah, my quadriceps. And when I blew that out in 99, it was a non-contact, you know. But my whole career was based upon being physical, getting at because I had to train my body to do those kind of things. So, But I understand the coach's concerns because when you got key guys, key components of your offense or your defense and they're down, it does weaken your team. Makes your team, you know, a little bit less valuable you going bet. on to the season.
0: So we were talking about Will Richardson. Mm-hmm. He's a guy you've paid a lot of attention to. Yes. Uh, when Doug said yesterday he's in the con- conversation for a starting job, were you surprised?
4: You know what? I really wasn't uh, because be, I've been watching the offensive line all through training camp, and he's a big body. I mean, you're talking about six five, like three hundred something pounds, and you put him next to Juwan Taylor. I mean, it like, I mean, it blocks out the day. You can't see the sunshine half the time when you lose <laughs> guys when you put those two in front of each other. And no knock on AJ Cannon. You know, A.J. Kahn is a nice, I think he's a nice, reliable swing guy who can play guard or center because I noticed in practice that they had him at center a couple of times. But Will Richardson is just a big physical body. And when I saw him on the one-on-one drills against the Ravens, he just seemed to be able to control them a little bit more than all the other guards. And when I saw him go in, I saw Kahn. I saw Kahn because his lack of – his last lack of physicalness, he tried to jump set the guy, and got beat inside, but Will, when he did the same thing, I mean, he he stalemated the guy. and He's got long arms, he's physical, he's got a good knee bend. My only concern about Will being next to Jamal Taylor is that they're inexperienced on the right side. Yeah. I mean, that, that's my only concern, they're inexperienced on, on the right side, but they've gotta, if that's gonna be the case, they gotta build up a good rapport right now, so leading into the season, you know, they're connected in whatever they decide to do.
2: Mm-hmm. How about Gardner Minshew? We believe he's going to get a lot of snaps tonight, and I know you talked to him yesterday. Yeah. What did you think of him?
4: Uh, well, I, I've, I've given him the name the head ba- the headband bandit. I love so it. I hope <laughs> that sticks. I like I like I like Gardner Minshew. I, I think that going into this game, I mean, he's going to be the biggest storyline. To be quite honest with you, it's going to, you're going to, it's going to be very interesting to see how he progresses, how he develops, how he's able to manipulate the defense. You know, going through his different progressions, and because now he's in the NFL, that window is going to close. So how is he going to be able to fit the ball in those smaller windows? I mean, in college, the window's here. In the pros, the window's here. So now he's going to have to fit the ball into those windows. And I just want to see what kind of leadership he has. Can he take this team up and down the field on a consistent basis? Can he convert on third downs when it's necessary? So all of those kind of things are going to factor into his development. And he's been under the tutelage of a Super Bowl champion, a Super Bowl MVP. So I want to see how that wears off on him as well. But I think he's going to be the big storyline offensively. And, and, and he's, he's got swagger, you know. He, he doesn't mind being who he is. I love that about him. You know, he's not trying to fit in any place. He's just trying to be him own, his own self, and I respect that about him. So, he's going to be very interesting to watch today.
0: Now, the story on the other side of the ball is Josh Allen, mm-hmm. who we will see tonight because, as Doug mentioned to us yesterday, he's going to play rookies because he doesn't know them. He mm-hmm. doesn't feel comfortable with them yet, um, although I kind of feel comfortable with what I've seen from Josh Allen. He's not Brackens, mm-hmm. but he's got some some attributes, some characteristics that remind me of what T Brackens. Yeah, yeah,
4: I, I like I like his quickness, I like his elusiveness, I like his speed, I like his ability to get around offensive tackles. Um, he has a tendency, even Calais, admitted, he has a tendency to when he go down the middle of defense, offensive linemen and not use his hands to get off him. So, I mean, that's going to be a key component, especially as he moves forward and plays better tackles, NFL tackles, who are much bigger, stronger, and faster, and kind of keen on, you know, because you know NFL guys, offensive linemen are going to watch film on him, and they're going to see his tendencies, and they're going to try to they're going to try to factor in how to beat him and how to break him in his tendencies. And Calais has said we got we've been working on him on his next move. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that first move to your next that counter move. So um, he's going to be a very interesting guy to watch as well. I, I look at the kid, and I think he's bracken yeah, because of how big and physical he is, but he, you know he still got a ways to go there to be able to be among the elite pass rushers in Jacksonville. When
0: I watch him I, 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 I'm I am excited about his potential. Mm-hmm. But I have a greater appreciation for Brackens mm-hmm. because as good as Allen looks like he's gonna be, Brackens was just I mean Brackens was just enormous. You you, you take six five and two hundred and sixty five pounds and you can cut it a couple of different ways. Mm-hmm. Brack was cut
4: like out of granite. Yeah. He, he was, was that he was and, he and was. moved like a cheetah. And I don't know I don't know if Bo wants to admit this, but neither one of us wanted to see him in practice. Uh, Bo has admitted it. Okay, that. well then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has admitted it. It would make a long day.
2: Being honest, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes,
4: yes, absolutely.
2: <laughs> All right, when we come back on Jags Drive Time, we'll wrap up the show, give a preview of tonight's broadcast on the Jaguars Digital Network.
1: On your mark, get set, register today for the annual IOA
0: Jaguars 5K Stadium Challenge on August 10th and take on TIAA Bank Field under the lights. Put in some work on the stadium ramps, sneak a peek at Daly's Place and the DreamFinders Homes Flex Field, and run through the stadium tunnels like a true champion. Finish strong and
1: see yourself on the video boards. All participants receive one free beer at the Bud Light After Party. Proceeds benefit the Jaguars Foundation. Register today at FirstPlacesports.com.
2: Our final segment on Jags Drive Coming as we get ready for the first preseason game tonight, 730 Jaguars versus Ravens. Brian and Leon in the booth for the preseason broadcast, myself and Brent Martineau on the sidelines. And I think you're going to want to watch, especially because, Leon, you're a great storyteller. And yesterday you told a story about the first time you saw Calais Campbell, and it got us <laughs> all <laughs> laughing in the meeting.
4: Yeah, well, yeah, well it was 2006. <laughs> I was offensive line coach for FIU. And we were in the Orange Bowl, so you know, it had been a while since I've been in the Orange Bowl. It's Home Bowl, you know, that's my home. So I'm I'm walking on the field or whatever, and Calais Campbell was walking past the 50-yard line. I'm looking at him like he looks like a freaking Greek god walking across the field. And I was like, wait, who is this man right here? So I turned to my offensive line who was behind me, and they were doing their sets or whatever. And I looked at him, and I said, you poor souls. <laughs> I said, no one over there, no one over there can block this man. I said, I don't even know if I can block him right now. So that was – I had to tell him that story. I don't know if he remembered it. I just wanted to refresh him on that that, that 2006 – uh, game when I was coaching at FIU, yeah. he was at University and of And
0: 13 years later, he's still darn hard to believe. I
4: know, I know. <laughs> he looks good. Yeah, he does.
2: You poor, poor souls.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's what I said. He's,
0: uh, he's an interesting he's an interesting guy because I think most people thought he was only going to play two years in Jacksonville here at his age with the cap number. Mm-hmm. Now he's coming for the third because he played at an all-pro level last year. Who's to say he can't come back for another year? Absolutely. I mean, this is a guy who keeps his body in tip-top shape. He's a great example to a young Josh
4: Allen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He is the best mentor for a guy like Josh Allen. Because the problem with most rookies that come into the league, they don't know how to be professionals. Mm -hmm. You know, they get a whole bunch of money. You know, a lot of people pat them on the back. A lot of people tell them how great they are. But they don't know how to go about the regimen of being a professional. And I'm sure uh, Calais is the consummate professional. I mean, on the field, off the field, he gets it done. So, Josh Allen, he has got somebody that's going to lead the way. Just like I was in Pittsburgh. When I was in Pittsburgh my rookie year and I signed with the, with the Steelers, I was automatically the highest-paid offensive lineman on the, on the team. And I went into the locker room and Tunchy Ilkin said to me, he said, okay, what are you going to do now? Are you in this for the short term or the long term? I said, long term. He said, well, do whatever I say. And, you know, back in those days when that veteran told you what to do, you did it. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know there was no questions asked. So, I mean, Calais – uh, being the professional he is on the field, the, the, the monster that he is, uh, I mean, uh, the monster he is on the field, the professional he is off the field, I'm sure Josh Allen is going to grow and learn from him.
2: Mm-hmm. It was sure. almost like yesterday when we were talking to him. It felt like we were talking to the defensive coordinator about Josh Allen. Like Kaleas had such a mindset of a coach teaching Josh Allen, and I love when you see still see Josh Allen walking off the field. He's got four pads in his hands. So, yes, oh. everyone's telling him he's great, but he's still carrying everyone's
0: pads. Well, this defense, <laughs> Leon, has th- they own it. Right. Coaches always talk about getting players to take accountability and ownership. Mm -hmm. But this group has you see the way that Calais works. He goes up and down. They were doing pass protection drills. He'd go from this group over here. And as soon as this group was done, he'd be over here coaching whoever it was. Mm -hmm. And he goes all the way down to guys that, you know, aren't making this roster Mm -hmm. and keeps coaching. It's the same thing. If you listen to Jalen in the backfield, he's talking to every corner about how their approach to a receiver or a quarterback or a route has to be. This group has taken ownership. That defensive group is fun to watch.
4: Yeah, it's all about accountability. And if you if you want to be in this league a long time, uh, you, your veteran guys and you got your younger guys that come in, you got to hold them accountable to everything, every particular. I tell people this all the time when I was coaching. I say, how you do little things is how you do everything. So you got to make sure these guys understand that the little things are work going to amount to the bigger things down the road.
2: All right. Well, be sure to watch these guys in the booth.
4: I have one final thing I got to say. Okay, say it. This whole Jalen
0: Ramsey playing in Tennessee oh, or gosh. Vegas thing—that's all. I'm looking at the, the over your shoulder. I'm paying attention to the TV here. He's never going to play anywhere else. No. The Jaguars are going to pay him, right? But there's all kinds of Twitter traffic this morning because he was flippant in a, a podcast with Peter King. Is that it?
2: Busting with the boys with Taylor Lewan, and if uh, you listen to course, the podcast, right. it's very obvious he's joking and playing with the guys. But of course, the headlines are going to pull the negatives. Yeah. It was well, a great podcast; definitely worth listening. He's to. He's going to
0: get paid. He's so freaking smart yeah. I, I don't put it past him that the timing of when this came out is just, it's just you know the brinks truck to start camp and now this uh there is no way they're gonna let that talent get away no i no. can't see it no.
2: and listen to the podcast it'll alter your perception for sure i will listen <laughs> be sure to watch the tv broadcast tonight at 7:30. leon searcy brian section in the booth myself and brent martineau on the sidelines we'll be back on jags drive time monday morning back in jacksonville we'll see you then
0: thanks big the guy i appreciate it